even though you may not traditionally look for legal type roles, you could look for like legal innovation, process improvement, program management, using keywords for certain types of companies, obviously, or tools. Hi, I'm Sergei Liao, founder and CEO of Tonkin, and you're listening to Modern Business Operations. Every week, we'll bring you interviews with operations and IT leaders from some of the today's largest and fastest growing companies. If you're interested in how enterprises are becoming more agile and adapt the operations and technology to a rapidly changing world, this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we discuss the future of business operations. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting Frances Pompasso, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for hosting me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, <laughs> Frances is the Senior Director of Legal Operations and Chief of Staff for the GC at Workday. But also before that, quite, quite the ride with companies, you know, small companies like Adobe and Lyft that you might have heard of. Tell us a little bit about kind of your journey and how you got to even, you know, do operations. Definitely. So I honestly was really lucky coming out of Santa Clara University. I had been interested in the legal field for pretty much the entirety of my college career and had every intention of going to law school. In college, I worked at a small trust and estate planning law firm and was basically a paralegal office manager doing a lot of like the intake and computer programs that had to do with like setting up wills, which is not the most sexy area of legal, but it was really good for me to see hands-on what it's like to kind of hang your own shingle and run a law firm in a small business. So I did that through college. And then once I graduated, I saw an opportunity at Adobe that was for an IP specialist paralegal position, where it was a really great opportunity, one, to work for Adobe right out of college but also to support a number of the areas relating to the Adobe products, which is really the lifeblood of the company. So I was able to learn a ton of different things from engineers, marketing teams. I started off doing source code review to see licenses. Um, we would do UI reviews to see if there was problematic things being surfaced to the customer or if there were privacy concerns. So it was really just a very hands-on way to get to understand like all of the different legal aspects that might affect a consumer on the legal team. I did that for a couple of years and really noticed that one, I didn't want to go to law school. I had spoken to a number of different people and kind of went through this checklist of figuring out like what really motivated me. And the part that I loved most about my, my role in this product paralegal role was streamlining and automating things and improving processes. So based on that, an opportunity arose on Lisa Connie's team. Uh, she ran Adobe's legal operations team um, and kind of got it started from the ground up. And there was a knowledge management position open on her team. And I definitely wasn't qualified for the role, but she gave me a chance. I gave her basically a pitch deck saying like how I could improve the process and why she should take a chance on me. And she did, thankfully. And then I basically came into that uh, knowledge management role, helped set up our SharePoint site at Adobe and did a number of other like knowledge management related initiatives. 
and just transitioned and just got more exposure to different projects, came into the manager of legal operations role, and really just got to see a really broad perspective of all the different things that come across a legal operations team's desk. I also got had the honor, honestly, of working with Mike Dillon, who was the GC at Adobe. He was an amazing just kind of just example for how to navigate corporate life, but just being an amazing person that is just really valued people and focused on work-life balance while being successful and was a great GC. So I was super lucky just to get my start there. And then it just kind of took off from there. I love the when origin stories are like so linear. It's like you had the pain of this mundane, you know, type of work. And um, when you had the chance to come and say, wait a second, how can I make this better? It sort of attracted you to do that. Definitely. And I think being at a, a company like Adobe, creativity and taking chances is really something that is just inherent to Adobe. They've iterated, they've taken smart risks. So not only did I have the opportunity, but I think kind of growing in a role at a company like that, it would have been idiotic for me not to try different things. Luckily, it, it fit and it was something that was a great move. But even if it wasn't, I kind of think I would have regretted it if I had not taken the chance and tried something else out. A lot of times we, we speak in this, in this podcast about the, the importance of operations and the, you know, how important and higher priority it became in the last few years for companies to invest in. And, and we'll touch on it later today too, because I'm really curious about your work today with Workday as well. Uh, but, but actually one thing you sort of bringing up here, what I think is very interesting is the career path and career opportunities that, you know, I don't think was a, didn't exist 10 years ago, for example, in legal. And I know in other places where operation teams is a role where, like you said, you start from the law, quote unquote, uh, classic way, you know, getting to legal, but then actually found your career in operations. How do you think, uh, what do you think defines a good operation person or professional? So I think there's a couple of different aspects of that to unpack. In my opinion, I think a good operations professional is someone that is thoughtful and really takes the time to understand people, processes, and tools. Something that I think has been really key in just my career progression and any project that I jump into is if I'm going to be involved in something, I may not be an expert on it, but I will go in and do like a deep dive information session and really tap into the people to get a sounding board on like, what are the top priorities? What are the pain points directly from them? Not me coming in and making assumptions, like really talking to everyone that's involved, documenting that. I don't think you can get better quality data for taking on an initiative than that. And you're able to kind of display ROI very quickly, which I think is key with an operations person, especially if you're in, or coming into a role grassroots where it's nothing is established, you have no credibility, no one knows you, and you basically have to start from ground zero. Your job in operations is essentially your the experiences and like the collection of experiences that people have had with you and the impact that you make. 
So being able to come in right away, build trust with people, hear them out, make them feel like you're listening and understand why they did things the way they did previously, even if it's the way you may not do it now or recommend it. I think all of those aspects really make a good business operations professional. And I like to just tap into kind of like the EQ piece of that, which sometimes I think gets forgotten when you think about just like KPIs and like OKRs and metrics. Focusing on the people really is a make it or break it for someone being successful in this type of role. I, I couldn't agree more. The processes and the work we're doing is often being viewed as a technical or, uh, you know, step-by-step type of thing. When in reality, it's really, it's really all about the people. And if you change leaders, the process change. And if you change uh, in the culture is different between two companies, then the, then the process is going to look different. I love this point. I think, I think we've seen this uh, even in this podcast, but you know, in, in, in previous situation, maybe if I, if I may jump to kind of closer to now and you've been, uh, in workday and, and previous roles too, you got to uh, leadership roles within operations. Maybe maybe a quick question on sort of the state of operations today versus versus in the last five to 10 years. Do you actually see a trend in budget increase or in priority and, and importance within the org as well? Yes. And I mean, I can kind of be a poster child for that just with my own kind of experience. A lot of this has to do with me having great leadership, honestly. So like one thing I just want to call out is my manager, who's the general counsel at Workday, couldn't be a bigger proponent for legal operations and support of what we do, myself and my team. So that's really key. But we've been able to, within the past four years of me being at Workday, there was not a legal operations team. So it really was starting the team. It was just me when I started off, no additional headcount. I didn't have any funding coming in. And it was really about, again, showing ROI very quickly, building relationships, but also just building like, there really isn't a better term for it, but just street cred. Because if you help people out and they get to know you, one, they will be more willing to help you out when you need it. And you can cash in on that later and you should, but also coming in and really kind of paying your dues and committing to doing things and asking to be held accountable and then doing whatever it takes to execute on those things really is the quickest way to build that credibility. And then just kind of like iterating on that year over year. So Right now, the legal ops team at Workday, we've been able, like, we have our own budget. We're able to invest in tools, um, and they may be proof of concept, but we're able to influence different decisions. We can try things out, and we have the kind of leeway and trust to be able to do that at this point, which is great. Additionally, we have about, I want to say, eight to 10 people on the team right now. So we've been able to show value very quickly and get headcount to solve other issues that I don't think would normally be in the remit of responsibilities for legal operations. For example, I have someone on my team that program manages new market entry for the company. So we've been able to really streamline initiatives and 
I think capitalize on the fact that legal has such a macro level view of what's going on across the company that if it doesn't have a defined home necessarily, legal operations is trusted to drive initiatives like that and really be business partners, not only in legal, but across the company overall. I think the driving function is actually such a good way to think about it. And would it be fair to say that in the last you know, to be safe, we can say five years, but my, maybe, you know, it's been the last decade when it's continually grown, where companies and leaders, you know, executive staff in big companies start to change their perspective from operations are a supporting function into operations are actually something that can drive revenue, drive initiatives, drive bigger impact autonomously almost. Because I, I think this is great advice into everyone and what you, you mentioned as the posters so as like, you know, being able to get that st- street cred and, and really build that yourself. But it's also about attaching yourself into, you know, what are those bigger themes that the company cares about? And therefore, you know, in your case, the GC can actually invest in to get the, you know, that type of, that type of alignment. Uh, did you see that in Workday and, and, and earlier? So I think it's honestly improved a great deal. There is one thing that I want to kind of talk about too that you just said, just for people that are listening, if you don't have the opportunity to kind of drive your budget and get a headcount right off the bat, I think your point about collaborating and like offering your services and kind of going above and beyond to attach to strategic growth initiatives or OKRs or priorities that the company cares about is a great avenue to do that because not only will you show that the work that you're doing aligns to what's driving the company's bottom line, you'll build your network. You may have to overwork yourself a little bit, but if you're really kind of in that building phase of your career or just building trust and establishing yourself, it's probably worthwhile to do that and just know that you're going to have to kind of go above and beyond a little bit in order to do that, but you may find yourself having opportunities to be included in a conversation that you wouldn't normally be. Um, And that alone has value. Transitioning back to your previous point though, I definitely think the tone around business operations has changed and improved a great deal. Being at other companies, there was a lot of just education that had to happen. And honestly, not arguments, but there was a lot of boundary setting where it was very easy for people to kind of group in what legal ops did occasionally with administrative work. And I want to be really clear here. My mom is an executive assistant. What executive assistants and EAs do and administrators in general is highly valuable, but it's being clear about who owns what and making sure that the right type of work is sitting with the right people but also making sure that everybody is like equally represented and everybody knows that the work that they do has value. That's really key. I personally have made missteps on not setting those boundaries early on enough to say, this is very administrative. This should not sit with me. That can have a negative impact on someone's career. So I, there isn't, there's a right way to do it. It, it is important, but the sooner you kind of set those boundaries and do the branding work, honestly. It is a branding push to say, this is what your team does. This is the value that they add. And just kind of like hammer that into people's heads so there is no gray area. 
before they come to you and ask you to do scheduling. I think that helps a lot. I think the, the, the misconception of, of operations, you know, one part of it is really like, what is the work? Where does the line go? I think also we had several conversations on this and so kind of curious to hear your, your take on it is that sometimes there's a misconception where operations should only happen when it is a massive company or in fact that it's when it's already a massive company that there's got to be operations. So you sort of like live through both where there's, you know, you joined Workday, there wasn't any legal operations. And now it's a big of, of a, a team of 10 plus, but how soon, or is it, is there a too soon or is there, you know, how, how does people should think about that when, and again, it can be per department or for the entire thing, but just kind of, when would you think, okay, this is a time I would advise someone to put at least one person on, on the operation side of it. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the AdaptiveOps community at operations.community. If I had said this in prior years, I think I would have gotten a lot of pushback. Now I think I'll get a little bit of pushback, but I'm fine with it and I think it makes sense. I honestly think that a GC's or a chief legal officer's first hire should be a legal operations person. And there's a couple of different reasons why I say that. One, again, you want to make sure that the right type of work is sitting with the right person. The GC or chief legal officer at a small startup is going to be hammered with a variety of different things, including super high level bet the company risk, which that's their job. They should be doing that. But managing a budget, doing a tech roadmap, going through and doing um, like org planning. Those are types of things where if they have the right business partner, like a legal operations person, they can focus on the bet the company matters. And then the legal operations person can make sure that these operational items that are just being built out in their infancy are done well rather than setting themselves up for a mess two to three years down the line, you could be in a position where you can scale appropriately and also like control your budget, especially with startups with like litigation, making sure that preferred firm panels are set up and that you have the right business partners and like the right foundational tech. That's when you want to do it. Now, Will everybody make that decision? No, but I think the sooner you get someone in to set things up right, it will only pay off later on down the line exponentially. And I think you have examples in you know sibling departments where they went through a similar a similar cycle, right? You had developer operations and sales operations and marketing operations that are you know slightly older, if you will you know, then, then legal operations and HR operations and finance operations. But similarly, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, do I, do I need the sales operations or not? Do I need the marketing operations or not? And I think these days it's, it is already obvious that one of the first hire you do, you know, as a sales leader is, is hiring sales operations. One of the first hires you do as a marketing leader is the marketing operations. Uh, so I think, I think your point is, is loud and clear, especially when, 
if you're a leader and you're trying to set a strategy, the number one question is, okay, how do we going to execute on it? And, um, and you need the infrastructure for it. So you touched about it you know, a few times and kind of maybe it's a good point to talk about the, you know, where does technology play a role in all of it? Even in my examples with marketing operations and sales operations, it's very obvious that the jump in mark tech and you know, sales-related technology was a big deal. You know, obviously, Tong can really work with all sort of operation teams. But I'm curious about legal tech specifically, about operation tech specifically, just where does technology play as a role in your current you know, life, but also how did it change over the next last few years? Definitely. So over the past few years, it's changed a lot. When I first came into Workday, they didn't have a lot of the foundational tools set up because they had um, contract management set up, which was great, but all of the other areas that were legal specific were not. So a lot of work was being manually tracked in spreadsheets. There was just a lot of like deviation and just versions all over the place. One thing that I recommend doing, and I think most people will recommend this is I try not to focus on the technology Upfront, it's more about what are the problems that we're trying to solve and documenting that because I think it can kind of take away from the conversation and sometimes people can rush into relationships with the wrong vendors if they have a tool in mind and kind of already committed to that. So we came up with like a a very high level tech roadmap just because it was me. It was super foundational, but I kind of had my list of things that were priorities and that I needed to solve for. The biggest being e-billing. So that was one that we checked off right off the bat, invested in technology, and we've just had opportunities to kind of grow and enhance from there. We use Tonkian. We're a recent kind of new customer, but it's been great for our team because we can supplement certain business practices that we've been doing manually and automate them. And we don't need to involve business technology we can take risks, we can try things out because it's us doing the no code just set up behind the scenes, which I think is really key and impactful. And we can see like the ROI and benefit right off the bat. Another thing kind of to say about that is with COVID and our transition to being fully remote, I think most people are having conversations with their team about like where they find fulfillment in the work that they do. So being able to take things off people's plates that aren't fulfilling, like manual matter setup and feeding things into a system where the amount of fulfillment and enjoyment that you would get out of that is very little. Also, if we can take that off someone's plate so they can work on things that aren't optimized or aren't mapped out from a process perspective, I want to do that. And that will not only benefit me and the way we do things and make it more, make us less prone to errors, but it'll also probably benefit our team and cut down on attrition because one, I can take action as a manager to fix something and take something off someone's plate that isn't fulfilling and they don't enjoy, but they can also use that time that they got back to maybe focus on something else that is a strategic initiative for the company or something that they get benefit personally from. Would you say that within the next five years, let's say, you know, comparatively to the past five years, where would be the biggest investment 
in operations in a company in general, not only in legal operations. If I'm listening to this podcast and I want to make a career move, or maybe I'm, you know, like when you started, you know, finishing college, university, or whatever, and I thinking, what, where should I go? I'm the type of person that want to solve problems. I'm the type of person that likes to work with people and, and think about it in, um, in a fundamental way. You know, everything you, you mentioned and described, I think a lot of people can relate to that, to say, oh, that sounds like me. What would be beneficial for those, again, listeners to learn about or, you know, to look around for, for roles? Because I think it's under, there's, there's not enough visibility to the amount of opportunity you know, and, and everyone in my network that has, you know, operation titles, always I see in LinkedIn, you know, the hiring, I'm hiring, I'm hiring, I'm hiring, right? So maybe that's kind of, uh, you know, a, a side jump to you talked about COVID, people want to work on things that, that matters to them. And what are you looking at person you're hiring? Or what would you sort of advise to, to someone that kind of think, oh, maybe that, that person should be me? So I would say, honestly, that I would recommend people kind of open up their, not necessarily their network, but the scope of what they're looking for. Historically, I don't think legal has been an area that like developers, analysts, operations, like traditional operations, people want to get into. But if you're thinking about what um, motivates you, if creating change, scale, building out just repeatable processes and things that are beneficial to an audience that is very much just begging for that. Legal is kind of that untapped market. So even though you may not traditionally look for legal type roles, you could look for like legal innovation, process improvement, program management, using keywords for certain types of companies, obviously, or tools. But I do think legal is still, even though there's been a ton of progress, is an untapped market. The amount of just opportunity to streamline and just map out processes and kind of work and partner with people to showcase how things could be better when it comes to business operations is huge. I think with legal in particular, my experience has been really that legal's willing to adopt things, but they need to know the options. So if they hear about a tool, they may not be the first ones to bite on it if it's just them hearing about this one tool kind of in a vacuum. But if you have if someone in operations kind of saying, hey, did you know that this whole land of opportunity is out there and this is what it could look like? Would you be comfortable doing a proof of concept if you have my team there to help guide you, hold your hand and set it up? Those are kind of the opportunities where people are so appreciative and there's such a huge impact. But if they just got an email to say, do you want to try a tool? They'd probably <laughs> blow it off. Yeah. I think the land of legal specifically, but also the land of operations across, right? Because even legal is such a wide or high level where there's so many parts there's so many business functions yes yeah. so many business functions most people i don't think even think about how much even revenue is deal cycles with legal. Would, would live would live and die on the legal part of it and, and the importance that it creates for um 
for big companies and therefore create opportunity for career change, especially if you've uh, had experience working for companies, you know, like your initial, you know, experience on your, on your career, it kind of gives you that sort of perspective. Plus, if you're a person that likes to solve problems, hard problems, and see the impact, I think, like you said, you, you can be the poster child where, you know, this can take you. So I want to thank you. I think that would be a great, great information for a lot of people and quite honestly, eye-opening. And a lot of people, I think, are looking for what is my skill set and capabilities can can take me, you know, especially in a feeling where there's a new world now, sort of post remote work and 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 pandemic and all and all the stuff we all been uh, experiencing. So I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate appreciate this information. If anyone wanna get your advice or learn more, um, where can they find you? I'm happy to speak with anybody about honestly anything if it's opportunities at Workday, our use of Tonkian, or just what we talked about here. I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me. I'm pretty responsive, so yeah, LinkedIn is a great way to do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at Tonkin.com slash M-B-O-P-O-D. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes.